Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another episode. Um, gonna get right into it today or tonight. I'm gonna tackle um, the Champions League. So I'm gonna speak a little bit about the. I've handpicked kind of the three matchups that I think could be very good um, in this, I guess, round of 16. Uh, and if you kind of think back to a few days ago, you know, the re- the draw had to be redone. Honestly, that's the first time I can, off the top of my head, that I can remember uh, a draw being redone. I, I really can't remember the last time that ever happened or if it ever even happened as as, as far as I know. Um, that's probably... That's probably the first time that I've that I've seen that happen. It'll really, and, and there's so many times where I've been watching draws, whether it's like the World Cup, uh, Euros, Champions League, whatever the case may be, and I'm like, man, how come they never get it wrong? How come they never pick two teams that aren't supposed to go up against each other? Um, and I get it that there's a system. Obviously, it's very difficult for the system to fail, but it happened on on uh, this occasion, and obviously, everyone started talking about match fixing and how corrupt UEFA is and all this stuff before all all the stuff that's been said before but uh yeah it's just very interesting that this happened um like I said I can't remember the last time off the top of my head I can't remember the last time something like this happened I really don't remember um as as much as I've been paying attention something like this happened so uh so yeah the first matchup um that I'm gonna look at is uh Atletico Madrid and Manchester United so for those who follow football, um, Ronaldo kind of has Atletico Madrid's number. Uh, he's beat them a number of times. He performs very well against them, even though, you know, Atletico Madrid is probably one of the probably two or three most sound uh, defensive teams in Europe, I would say, especially the last, or since Simeone probably took over. So it's definitely been eight or nine years close maybe even close to 10 that they've been really good defensively offensively and eh, maybe not so good um but Ronaldo seems to uh have on un- has unlocked what you know kind of their weaknesses I guess if you can if you can call it that uh, and he's done really well against them uh, in his time obviously played in uh, La Liga for for a number of years performed very well against them there uh, did it when he was at Juve so like I said it's almost like um, he does have their numbers. And even when they were really good, it feels like Ronaldo was the one guy, uh, maybe even Messi, the one guy that kind of always gave him fits. So this Champions League uh, group stage was a little bit different for Atletico Madrid. Um, they lost both games to Liverpool. They lost to Milan and they beat Milan late and they beat Porto late uh, 90th minute goal and then in 92nd so even the matches that they did win in the group stage were very like dramatic last minute type of goals um like i said they lost twice to liverpool and liverpool is probably the measuring stick for for um atletico madrid in this group um milan milan bowed out they don't even have european football anymore they finished fourth and porto finished third so they go to the um, Europa League, but it's just been a very weird year for Atletico Madrid, and maybe this is kind of the end of that generation. You know, Thomas Partey left last season, 
Um, Saul is at Chelsea on loan. Um, Joao Felix really hasn't worked out. To be fair, not really any of his fault, I wouldn't say. Just doesn't play much and feels like Oblak is always making, every week he's making crazy stops to keep them in matches. They're still very defensively sound, but um, they've really lost some of the edge uh, that they do have. You know, they brought back Riesman, and he's done actually very well for them. Six matches, he's had, sorry, they've played six matches. They've only scored seven goals, and they could see today. And Griezmann scored four of them, and I think two of them are PKs, maybe even three. But it's been a very rough um, go for them. Um, you know, they bring in Luis Suarez. He's He's been all right. But it's just a very different uh, feel to the Atletico Madrid team. And, you know, if I'm United, I'm, I'm kind of rubbing my hands here because although they still are very good, I think that they can be very vulnerable. And like Liverpool showed in the, in the group stages, you know, they handled them in, in both the matches. So uh, it's just something to think about uh, going forward. Um, United, you know, they finished first in their group. But it started off rough because their first match ended up in a loss to uh, young boys from from Switzerland. And a lot of people thought, well, here we go again. And, you know, fortunately for them, they they had a... I mentioned how Atletico Madrid won most of their matches with late goals. Very similar to, to Manchester United. So against Villa, uh, Villarreal, Ronaldo scored in 95th. That was for the win. Um, against Atalanta, Ronaldo scored 95th for the draw. That was in uh, Italy. And then against Atalanta, Ronaldo scored in the 80th, and that was the win. And that's actually the match. I remember watching maybe the last 20, 25 minutes of that match. And I thought, man, Atalanta had a lot of chances in, in, in that span, in the last 20, 25 minutes, I would say. And I was thinking to myself, are uh, Manchester United is going to hit them on the counter and they're going to score a goal and this is all going to go for an on. They're going to be kicking themselves that they didn't score. And that's exactly what happened. Um, like I said, Atlanta probably should have won that match. Um, sorry, they did win that match. But no, sorry, Atlanta should have won that match. But they lost to Manchester United. Pardon me. Uh, and, you know, maybe the gr- group plays out a little bit different. But Ronaldo, again, was a savior of this team. So, you know, if he's not on this team, who knows where Manchester United finishes this season, to tell you the truth. A lot of big goals. I mean, look, in, in the goals that I just named, that's seven points. So two wins and a draw. That's seven points that he got Manchester United. Um, and if they can kind of sort out their back line, which I think is the weak part of this team, there's a lot of guys in and out. Like there's Alex Tejas. Um, Shaw's been in and out. Uh, Juan Basaka has been up and down. Maguire hasn't been good at all this season. Uh, so, so there's a lot of rounds injured. So there's a lot of moving parts in this team. There's a lot of guys who are kind of in and out of the lineup a lot. Uh, De Gea has really saved them a lot this season, a lot. He's been tremendous yet again. Uh, and it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, last year we were kind of talking about, uh, Manchester United selling De Gea and going with Dean Henderson. It really does sound far-fetched right now because, uh, De Gea still has a lot to give. I still think he's one of the top five goalkeepers in the world. He's he's extraordinary, and he makes some really good stops in that Norwich match. I know that United won, uh, but Norwich really should have scored two or three goals. Again, I watched maybe I watched the second half, the entire second half. 
I think that Norwich should have at least got a point from that match. And De Gea really did save them. So if I had to pick a winner in this one, I would honestly, I would take Manchester United. I think um, with Ragnik here, it's like a breath of fresh air for the team. Um, I think offensively, they're they're better than uh, Atletico Madrid. And like I said, with a new manager, it kind of get, gives the players, you know, win in the back, as they say, or whatever the saying is. Um, there are quality players in this Manchester team, although I think that a lot of them haven't lived up to the hype. I don't think Sancho's lived up to the hype. I don't think Van de Beek has lived up to the hype, although he doesn't really play much, so it's really tough to blame him for it. I think Ronaldo's really lived up to the billing. Um, Varane's been good when he's been healthy, um, and I think that they will have um, more than enough to get through Atletico Madrid, and I think I think Ronaldo plays, once again, a huge part in Manchester United going through and beating Atletico Madrid uh, in the round of 16. Uh, the next matchup that I have is Inter Milan and Liverpool. So, Inter Milan was another interesting team. After winning Serie A, I thought, and they did have a really good uh, group stage, but I thought that they could really take over Liverpool for the number one seed. I thought it was really going to go down to the to the wire. And it honestly, it kind of did. Well, no, it didn't because Liverpool won all six matches. But Inter started off with one point from the first two matches. But then they really got rolling after that. Um, when you take a look at their strike force up top, you have Edin Dzeko and uh, Lotaro Martinez. Even though Martinez didn't score in the group stage, he's still a very good striker. Uh, he was excellent last season, helping them win the Serie A along with uh, Romelu Lukaku. And I think he's going to get going uh, in this round of 16. Um, I really do. It's it's tough to keep a really good a really good striker down. Um, Jekyll, I've I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but he's probably one of the most underrated striker, if not the most underrated striker of the last uh, 10, 10 to 12 years. Wherever he goes, he scores goals. When he was at City, he scored goals. I think it was at Wolfsburg. Prior to that, he scored goals. He went to Roma, scored there, and he's at Inter, and now he's scoring yet again. So, um, it's 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 interesting that no one really talks about as one of the potent strikers uh, up top, and that's exactly what Jerko and Martinez are. Uh, Inter's interesting because they want to like a, they run a three-five-two. Uh, which isn't something that we usually see, but they're, they're, that part of the midfield is kind of their bread and butter. So they have like Brozovic, um, Bare- uh, Barella, um, Perisic, Chalhanoglu, who came in from AC Milan. Uh, Perisic has been, you know, rumored to, to be kind of on the, could seek a move elsewhere. I know Bayern Munich uh, were interested in him yet again. Uh, Brozovic seems to be getting better and better. Uh, really good midfielder and like Chalhanoglu, just one of the better um, passing midfielders in this area. So that's going to really put a test um, to that Liverpool midfield. And I think that's whoever wins that battle in midfield is going to win this match. And I know I mentioned Lotar Martinez and, and Jekyll, but I think it really comes down to that um, defensive part of the game. Uh, and like I said, Liverpool, they were perfect in the group stage. Six wins, 17 goals scored, six conceded. Salah, Salah was the third leading goal scorer in the group stage. I mean, 
you know, if he's outside of the, of the top three, we're kind of like, this is a bad season for him. But he had another really good season for, for Mo Salah. And he's, you know, he's up there with with some of the the best um, players currently right now. And I think he is. And I this is, I think this is a big moment for him. I think when we look back at what he's done in the past, I think a lot of people, you know, they say he's a really good player, but does he really show up to the big matches? And I think doing something really special against Inter Milan will kind of get people off his back. Um, again, Liverpool, uh, outstanding team the last four or five seasons. And they're completely different than what we saw from the last um, Champions League, which they were just riddled with with injuries. I mean, they were down to like, their, I think their fifth and sixth center backs. Like that's how bad it was. And there were some guys playing, you know, that they brought in on loan. Usually don't see the bigger teams, you know, bringing in guys on loan, but that's how, that's literally how bad it got for them with uh, Virgil van Dyke going out for the season and Gomez and all these other guys. Um, Matip and all these guys going out with injuries. So it was, I think last season was, I really, it, it's tough to grade that team for, from last, just for, for basically from what I, everything that I just said. But, you know, they still have, it's not just Salah, it's, you know, Sadio Mane, it's Diego Jota who's playing really well this season. Uh, Henderson's back, uh, back line's really good. You know, Robertson and, and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Arnold, you always have to focus on those two guys because they can get assists. You can't give them any space because they're just going to whip the balls into to Jota and, and Sadio Mane and, and that front three is, is very scary. So I think this is going to be a very, very good uh, round of 16 match. I'm going to give Liverpool uh, just a slight edge. Uh, I think they are a little bit better. And I mean, let's let's wait and see because there are some Liverpool players who are obviously going away for um, the African Cup of Nations, although we'll still have to wait to see if that really, if, if it goes through with um, what's going on with COVID and the coronavirus. Is it going to be postponed? What's going to happen? I don't really know. Uh, it's slated to go, I believe, in early to mid-January mid uh, for about a month. So a lot of clubs are going to be missing some really good players. But like I said, they'll be back, obviously, for the Champions League. But, you know, in what kind of state? Like, guys get injured, right? There's a, there's a lot of matches in a, in a short period of time. There's still travel. There's training. There's all this stuff. Uh, so, so we'll see in what kind of, you know, form and, and, and how the players come back. But this could very well be um, the best matchup in uh, the round of 16. I'm going to go out and say this will be the best matchup of the round of 16. Uh, and the third matchup that I'm going to talk about is, is PSG and Real Madrid. Um, Mbappe kind of did his thing. Five goals, four assists in the group stage. With Messi's arrival, I think we all kind of expected a little bit more from PSG with Neymar there. And Messi and Mbappe and, you know, you can even have Di Maria and all these other guys. I think we kind of expected, we, we were spoiled. We thought they were going to score six or seven goals a match. Didn't really matter who they played, which realistically doesn't really work like that. Um, so when I say maybe our expectations were a little bit high, you know, they still finished first in the group. Um, this is kind of the match of death, if I can say. Like this is... Um, this is going to be hectic. Uh, 
PSG's backline worries me a little bit. Uh, they give up, they just give up too many easy goals, just like really bad goals. It feels like their backline really panics when anyone gets into their um, 18 yard box. Like it's just, just panic everywhere. Like they have, they have good defenders. Like Marquinhos, I love him, but it feels like he also panics when, you know, when he's going one on, when a player is going one on one with him. Um, Kimpembe, the same thing. Um, and it's it's just it's just something to keep an eye on, I think, against a very good Real Madrid side. Um, the goalkeeping situation as well. I'm not a huge fan of like rotating guys. You know, playing a guy three matches and then another guy two match. If you want to do the whole, you know, cup matches, go to the go to the second string keeper. I'm fine with that. But I think once you start giving like the second string keeper matches in in, in the domestic league, I think it kind of messes with with the first string keeper and I there were rumors that Donnarumma wasn't happy like a month or two ago that you know he is kind of s- splitting the duties with um Keylor Navas who's also an excellent goalkeeper um and I'm, honestly I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves in January but I expect Keylor Navas to leave in the summer I think a lot of teams uh, are going to be looking for a goalkeeper like the cases every year and he could be one of those guys uh, who could be on his way out. I think Newcastle, anytime we think of any players uh, kind of on the outs with their team, we always include Newcastle now with uh, with the rich owners that they have and uh, and that as a possible landing spot. Um, Di Marie, or pardon me, uh, Neymar, I assume he's going to be back by then. So that gives him another option up top. But Mbappe, again, I talked about Salah kind of needing to show that he's you know, that he can perform on the big stage. I think Mbappe is, is like that as well, at least to me. I'm not saying he doesn't show up on the big stage, but I would like to see more of it. Uh, he missed a big penalty for France in the, in the summer. That's something that he needs to get down if he's going to be one of the best in the game, um, you know, once Ronaldo and Messi are gone. Uh, so I think this is the perfect stage for him against a team that he could be playing for next season um, to kind of show what he's about. And also uh, Sergio Ramos playing against his former team, Messi playing against his good buddies from Real Madrid. Uh, this also has uh, the billing to be a really good match. And also, I should point out that three times uh, PSG conceded two or more goals in the group stage. Like I said, just something to keep an eye on. You know, you're going to be playing the front line of Real Madrid that does, that's done really well this season. Um, that's just something to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, Real Madrid. You know, they started off with a shocking... Um, second match day loss to um, Sheriff from Moldova and off the top of my head I was I was thinking I always like to think about this stuff without really looking at it on Google or looking it up and I was thinking to myself this has to be one of the biggest you know underdogs beating the favorites in Champions League history and I still haven't looked it up but I know uh, Apoel Nicosia from Cyprus got into the round of I think it was around a 16 or maybe even the quarterfinals of Champions League in like 2010 or 11. Now, I don't know if they beat anyone who was, who was like a world-class team in the group stage, but I know that they got pretty far. So they probably had to beat someone who was at least decent. Um, and I still haven't looked it up, but that's got to be one of the one of the biggest um, upsets in Champions League history. But anyways, and after that, it was... They won every match after that, Real Madrid, so... Again, speaks to the quality. I think they just took their ga- or foot off the gas pedal against uh, Sheriff. They thought it was just going to be easy. 
and then you know you're you're behind the eight ball you lose two one and it's great character from the from the team to come out and win the next uh next matches so benzema outstanding season so far feels like he just gets better and better as he ages uh modric still pulls all the strings in midfield you know he's 36 and it literally feels like he is getting better like literally i know a lot of we talk about a lot of different players and we say well you know he's getting better as he ages like modric is literally getting better at his, as he ages and him and cross feels like they've been there forever in that midfield and they've been really damn good for the entirety since they've been at uh, real madrid and vinicius has been reborn you know if i can even say that i know there was he caught a lot of flack i think it was last season where he didn't look all that great but he's been outstanding this season for them um and he's going to be in those talks you know with uh with i th- i think he's going to be in the talks with like mbappe and all these guys holland as one of the better players in the world i i truly do believe that and you know it's it's probably going to become his team once um benzema leaves and who knows like i said i was joking about mbappe joining real madrid but if he does you know that's a potent uh lineup with with vinicius and and mbappe and i know real madrid said something like even if they don't even if they get mbappe they're still gonna go for holland and stuff like that so that's a crazy trio if if you really think about it um they only allowed two goals in the group stage and really two came in that one match against sheriff so that's i think they were in sec or tied for the best uh defensive record in the group stage Bayern munich i believe also allowed three um Alaba's been a really good pickup. I think that back line is kind of like it's a lot of guys that we don't um, necessarily talk about. Like it's not the biggest um, names in in like European football, and which is a little bit different than than before. Usually Real Madrid, you know, with Sergio Ramos and and all these players who used to play there, um, great legends and. It was very easy to kind of say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're they're very good. But, like, Carvajal is still there. Alaba, like I said, has been a great pickup. Mendy's really good, still young. Uh, Militao, uh, they have the young kid Gutierrez who played a match or two. He's also got a bright future. So they're very defensively sound. Like, Casemiro is still there. Rodrigo is another guy who's kind of um, emerged for this Real Madrid team. You know, we just had two really good games considering you know he's kind of on the outs and we were kind of wondering what the heck is going to happen with him is he going to get sold like what's going to happen here um so it's crazy to think that one of either real madrid or psg is not going to the to the quarterfinals and this happens every year this is probably the toughest um matchup to kind of to kind of talk about and, and to pick a winner i if both teams are healthy I think I would take, I, th- I would take Real Madrid because I think their midfield is a little bit better and a little bit more experienced. Up top, I think, I think that Real Madrid is better. Um, sorry, PSG is better up top with, especially if Neymar's healthy. But even if if you take Neymar out of the fold, you still have Messi, you still have Mbappe. Um, I have a feeling that a red card will change how this. Uh, two-legged tie goes I, I think that there will be some animosity between the teams especially in you know if it's the 80th minute and it's 2-1 for PSG and you know guys kind of snap a little bit and then pick up cards pick up a red card I think there's going to be some of that I just hope that this doesn't come down to 
you know, a stupid penalty call where 50% of the people agree with it, 50% don't, which feels like it is the case all the time, even if it is a clear-cut penalty. Um, I hope it doesn't come down to that, but this is this this is going to be the second best um, matchup. I think Inter, I think Inter Milan and Liverpool is going to be really good, and this is going to be the second best one. So it, if everything is even, yeah, I would say I think I would take Real Madrid in this. I, I really would. I just PSG hasn't looked that great to me. I know that they finished first, but they just, or sorry, they finished second behind. Um, Man City, but I just don't feel like that the front three is clicking, uh, even if everyone is healthy. And Real Madrid has a has a more experienced uh, midfield, and at this point, I would kind of take them. But a lot can change from now until uh, February fifteenth, um, with the teams, players injured, suspensions, whatever the case may be. Uh, the other matchups: uh, Red Bull Salzburg, Bayern Munich. I'm going to take Bayern Munich in that. Salzburg, again, feels like for the 10th year running, they have a really young core of players who they're going to be able to sell for a lot of money either next summer or the summer after that. Um, Sporting Lisbon, Manchester City. I think Manchester City gets by Sporting fairly easily. Uh, Benfica Ajax, I would give the edge to to Ajax in that one. Chelsea Lille could be very interesting. I'm going to take Chelsea in that extra time. So Chelsea over Lille, extra time. Uh, Villarreal, Juventus. I'm going to take Villarreal in that. Juventus has struggled uh, this entire season. Um, Villarreal, Unai Emery's done an exceptional job there. They're playing really well. They won, uh, was it Europa League last season for the first time ever? I'm going to take them um, to beat Juventus. So I have Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Ajax, Chelsea, Manchester United, um, Villarreal, Liverpool, and Real Madrid going into the quarterfinals. And that's the podcast for today. Just remember, you can find the podcast on uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and there's a bunch of other places that you can find the podcast. Uh, So thank you guys for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think I can add to the show. And I'll talk to you guys again uh, down the road. Thank you for listening.